This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome, my friends, to your Saturday morning radio extravaganza. 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us here. 800-848-9222. And there's always so much happening in the news, and I cannot wait to get your opinion on so many things that have occurred between the last time we spoke. With us this morning is Derek Hunter. Good morning, Derek. How are you? Good morning, James. I am doing well. How are you? You don't sound well. You sound like you're tired. Yeah, Derek is, uh, <sighs> yeah, you sound like you're exhausted, Derek. Yep. But I'm doing okay. Yeah, you are Yet exhausted. Yeah, I'm huh? here. Yet I'm here and not complaining about it, James. It's, I don't want to say that I'm a hero, but uh, you, I'll you're a hero. People, Derek. I'll let other people say that. Okay, <laughs> Derek. Um, I, there are so many stories that, of course, the Israeli war is still going on. There are mm -hmm. stories concerning the new house, and by the way, I am so looking forward to hearing you. Say, James, you know, you were right. This was the best thing that could have happened to the house. Yes, it wasn't a bunch. They weren't a bunch of bozos. I'm looking forward to that a little bit later on as we talk about what this new house is doing, uh, even though the left is complaining about it. Well, Another according, reason. According to the uh, Amazon device in my office, it's 46 degrees outside where I am. So uh, hell has not yet frozen over. So I wouldn't hold my breath. <laughs> a, there might have been a frost earlier. In hell, but it is not yet thoroughly frozen over, so don't hold your breath. Okay. Well, but I want to ask you about two stories, and, and the reason I do this is you have a great perspective because you're a dad, and you always bring, and, and you're also so cynical about things. So, not well, often you hear that as a compliment. I love the way you just, like, <laughs> crap on everything. This is, uh, okay. No, you're a dad, and plus you have this cynical view of things. Which yeah. I absolutely love. I'm aware of my shortcomings. And my, my it's not a shortcoming. I think it's a plus. Okay. And I, I didn't mean it as a shortcoming. You're cynical. You you don't easily get swayed by it. So anyway, here's the question. So in New Jersey this, this week, a bunch of boys did boy things. They used, apparently, because no one has seen the evidence, and this is new. Usually boys are stupid and they leave the evidence laying around. But in this case, apparently they cleaned up the evidence before they could get uh, busted with it. A bunch of, some boys used artificial intelligence at this high school is Westfields in a very, you know, uh, uh, well-off, mm -hmm. well-off uh, uh, community. Yes, an affluent community. 
So they used AI, an AI-powered website, to make, supposedly, this is what is being alleged, to make pornographic images of some of the girls in their class. Mm-hmm. What, what, would, what would Blah Blah look like if she were nude? And they used AI to do it. And so the girls, apparently, suspicious, because the boys were unusually quiet. And so they started with, hey, what's going on with you guys today? You're not acting like, you know, idiots. Um, and, <laughs> and lo and behold, they, they found out or they believed that, yes, it sounds like me. They believed that there were nudies of these girls. And the parents and the girls are, have freaked out. They are beside themselves. Police were called. Authorities were called. Uh, everyone was the, the school administrators, but there's no evidence. And even the girls that are complaining, some of the girls were told, yeah, there was a nude of you, there was a nude of you, but nobody has seen any of the nudes because the boys, unlike most boys who are stupid enough to leave the evidence, apparently got rid of the evidence. They I ruined, said when this, they yes. ruined it. It's just giant stacks of printed up photographs that are. Welded. Never mind. I'm not going to say. That. <laughs> <laughs> and I, when, when this story first came out, I said, "Well, you know what? This is just the beginning, folks. Hold on to your hat. AI is here, yeah. and this is—we're only at the beginning of this thing. This is. This is. You can't put that genie back in the bottle. No. I, what are you, What are your thoughts on this? I don't know what the crime would be. I don't know what you call the police for. You know, I. I is it moral? Are these boys next in line to be Pope? Are they certainly going to be, you know, pillars in the religious community? Probably not. But is there a crime in taking something that is in the public domain and using it in a way that somebody else doesn't like? I don't think it's a crime. You I don't know. know. Some be- of the pa- parents beat the hell out of them. There might be a civil suit. It'll mostly be a nuisance suit that'll likely be thrown out because I honestly don't know. What the crime would have been? Well, some Westfield parents say their daughters have felt humiliated and powerless. That's not a crime. And they worry about the damage to the girl should the images surface later. Again, they are upset horrible, you... unfortunate. You can make a policy against it. And the school, not sure it's a crime. But look, I, yeah. I, if I'm a parent, if I'm one of these dads, I certainly... Uh, hope to run into these boys with my car. But, you know, I, I don't know that it's a crime. That's the thing. From a legal standpoint, how do you make that a crime? Is it, you know, realistically, I suppose the best thing to do from a government standpoint would be that any image generated from AI would have to have some sort of watermark. To make it known that it is generated from AI or something like that, because I don't think you can stop people from generating images, fake images from AI. God knows over in Israel, we're seeing the Palestinians generate them constantly to try and claim atrocities committed by Israel. It's just, it's horrible. It's bad form. Caveat emptor, buyer beware. But as far as criminalizing it, I don't know how you do it. And I'm not sure that you do it. Wow. Yeah. What? What? what, what is, uh, 
What do you think? I mean, you have, you have, I don't, I don't know. Here's part of me, and this is probably going to get me in trouble, but part of me says boys will be boys. I mean, what do high school boys do? They imagine pretty girls naked. That's what they do. Yeah. Even big boys do that after they're out of high school. In the age of the internet, I mean, good Lord, the mystery is gone, right? Everything is out there for free. And now it tells you something about the tells you something about the difference between boys and girls that there are uh, they need to make the fake things like if there's literally nobody on the face of the earth nobody famous that there isn't some sort of deep deep fake porn out there for there aren't a million and a half women who made real porn out there and still they go but what about that one. What about that? Uh, yeah, I've seen every woman in the world naked except for that one. Why don't we look at that one? What would that one look like? That tells you about boys. That tells you why we're still around as a species and why they're probably not going to go extinct anytime soon. But I can't speak for women, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of them, certainly a smaller percentage, but a smaller percentage of them did something similar or would do something similar here. Okay, but so you have daughters, and so and so do I. I have a daughter, and um, so what do you tell your daughters? What do you tell the girls? Because look, it's not like girls. Is, and now maybe some of them in this, in the newer generations, in the younger generations than I, maybe some of the girls are going to get hip to AI and start, you know, posting pictures of nudie boys like the boys would care. Well, they would care if they're like. One inches, but um, but hey, why is every picture you create on AI in the middle of a snowstorm? What's going on here? This is not fair, <laughs> right? But 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 what do you tell your girls? You you raise girls. You have girls. You want your girls to be protected. You don't want your girls humiliated. This is a real thing. You don't want them picked on, bullied. You don't want girls feeling like they're second class citizens. And uh, Lisa just chimed in on the text, and I'm going to read it, even though she said, the girls should do the same, make fakes in with the boys with really small penises. Uh, that's, that's, but that's not, you can, you what can do make you all tell your girls? Other things, it doesn't have to be micro penis. it could be breasts, it could be them doing also, I mean, that's the thing about it, you open up this can of worms. I don't think, I mean, it's not just porn, James. You can get and create deep fakes of people doing and saying horrible things. Now, right, right. now you can kind of, there's a, a little bit of a, a haze, a fog around it. You can you know, tell, like, this isn't right. Those Tom Cruise videos where they, they got Tom Cruise doing different things, and like, this looks really good, but... It's not quite right. It's gonna. I get, didn't. I didn't see those Tom Cruise videos. What, I, what, what I are even they? forget what they were. Tom Cruise was doing or saying different. It was some guy who looked like Tom Cruise, and then they put a deep fake mask over him. So and, there was a uh, a popular YouTube channel that kind of specializes in this kind of stuff, like video effects. Yeah. And they hired a Tom Cruise impersonator who has a pretty good, you know, facial structure to Tom, and then like does his voice and everything and his mannerisms. And then on top of that, they did the deep fake video manipulation with AI machine learning, and they got some pretty pretty good results. If I'm being honest, yeah, it looks good, but there, it's still it's not 100 percent right. 
It's not, you look at it and you go, this seems weird. Now, maybe part of that is because you go, well, that's not something Tom Cruise would do. But it is close, and they're going to get closer. So maybe mutually assured destruction is, <laughs> is what's going to hold us back? I don't know. But is anything going to hold us back, though? Because to me, look, well, there's if going to Derek, be kids, like Derek, student, okay, student, wait a minute. Like if we're, we're running for a student government, and then you've got this video that you can just create of your opponent shooting heroin and using racial slurs at a party that never happened. You know, right. Like somebody's going to do that. See, but I, and I was just about to go there. We're, you know, we're political. Can you imagine when this stuff really starts to take off with the political operatives who have no ethics, no sense of morals, what we're going to be facing with? I mean, this is this, and this could come after any of us, yeah. any of us too. This, I don't like you. Let me just spend a few hours sitting in my underwear in front of my computer and come up with something that will ruin your reputation. And how are you going to right now? If something is 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 put on the internet about you and it's not true or it's a violation, you have to jump through hoops years. And who has the time to do that sometimes to get the stuff taken from the internet? This is a Pandora's box that is pretty dangerous. It could be, but I think if there's any sort of, I wouldn't call it a silver lining, but parachute or brakes being applied to cause people not to drive off the road right now listening to us, it would be that it, this is going to become, there could become so commonplace that nobody will believe any of it. You know what I mean? Like once once this starts, it's one of those when it really starts. It's one of those things that I think you'll burn through like flash paper. That everybody just kind of immediately the first people go, "Oh my God, can you believe this? It's horrible! Look at what this person did!" And then you're like, "Oh, it was a fake." And then immediately the rest are sort of dismissed as fakes pretty quickly and pretty out of hand. And then we're going to have the people that actually do stuff is out there, and they're going to say, nope, that's a fake, that's AI. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's going to be, it used to be you get caught on camera doing something, now it's got to be caught on multiple cameras doing something from various angles so there can be no ambiguity about it. I don't, I don't know where we go from here, but. I mean, can you imagine if this stuff were available, this technology were available during the time, what's the guy's name? You, you know, the guy that did that, uh, I, I I believe I can fly. What's it? What's it? What's R. Kelly? R. Kelly. Can you imagine if this technology was around with R. Kelly? Because R. Kelly was already out saying, "That's not me." On the t- it looks like you doing the things to that young girl, R. Kelly. And that sure does look like you. Yeah, but that's not me. It just looks like me. Can you imagine if this technology were available? They would just oh, well, that's definitely that's not. Well, him. it would, could be an argument for reasonable doubt, except for the fact that you have the girl there testifying, saying, no, it was him. You know, that's the well, difference. You'd have to really get, you'd have to involve other people. Yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think. I mean, All right, here's another one, and before, here's another one before the break, and then when we come back, we can do some politics stuff. Derek, this to me is just, I, I don't understand this, but Okay. There's a story in Daily Mail today. Horrifying moment. Female field hockey player has her teeth knocked out by a male player on the girls' team. Yeah, I saw that. It's horrible. It is. Okay, so she's a, this is a female player. This, this guy 
this dude is allowed to play hockey with the girls' hockey team under field Massachusetts. Hockey. Field hockey. What's the difference? One's on grass, one's on ice. Okay. Uh, and in ice hockey, you wear a helmet with a cage, especially at the high school level. In field hockey, you don't. So that's why her teeth were able to get hit. Wow. So under Massachusetts law, if you're a dude, I guess all you have to do is say, never mind, I'm going to play on the girls' team. Yeah, I didn't even see can... anything that indicated that you had to declare yourself to be a woman. Yeah, he, you, you don't have to be a trans. You gender. just you want just to say, play on that team. I want to play with the girls. and Which tells you that there's something really mentally defective about this guy. Something totally that, I don't know, There's he probably... Uh, the thing that people do with deep fake AI porn being generated in New Jersey, this guy probably does to the thought of brutalizing women on the sports field. It's like, there's no other reason. If you're, if you don't declare yourself to be trans, if you just like to be the best out there and dominate women, there's, it's just weird to me. That's my opinion, but it's just, there's something going on there and that the, poli- the politicians out there, Say, no, this is perfectly fine and healthy. That's the real problem. They're the people who need to have their uh, virtual teeth knocked out. Yeah, this is just, it's, and, and of course, the members of the team are just traumatized. It didn't seem like anybody cared. Did you notice that? Like, nobody ran up to the girl. On the, the, like, not the guy who did it, not anybody out there. Just She gets whacked in the face. And goes down, and she's crying, she's screaming in pain. And everybody just kind of goes the other direction, like, yeah, well, that's just part of the game. You shouldn't put your face there. Gosh. Man, this is a hell of a time to be raising children. Yeah. But particularly, you know, particularly girls. I mean, it's like... The opening move for, since, you know, boys are allowed to play on girls' teams, you don't have to pretend that they're girls or anything. The opening move for every team that plays against that team should be, if any guy on the other team, is to immediately take your field hockey stick and uppercut windmill their crotch a couple times. They're wearing cups, I'm sure, but that won't matter. Every guy out there testifying, feeling that the phantom pain right now with that field hockey stick is pretty <laughs> sick, th- thick, solid wood. You just uppercut windmill, just woof, right up there. Take the penalty. Take the penalty. I don't know what the penalty is in, in field hockey. Maybe somebody gets thrown out. Maybe you get somebody on the team whose specific job is to do that. Like hockey, real hockey has like goons, the enforcers out there. They're out there basically to fight if they accidentally get a point every now and then. It's, it's a nice little bonus. You have somebody like that out there that uh, you just play a little whack-a-mole there and uh, get them out of the game or let them know that, hey, uh, we know where you are. You're advocating violence, Derek. I'm advocating that uh, bringing a little bit of reality. It's not violence. It's part of the game. People get whacked all the time. People get hit on the shins. They wear pads for a reason. A girl just recently had her teeth knocked out. Violence is a possibility of the game. Maybe you mistook one ball for another and you're trying to score a half field goal or whatever it is. But uh, you do that a couple of times, I think that's going to make an impression and not just with the stick. (laughs) 1966, the Beach Boys is at number one. With this one, 
Good vibrations. Derek Hunter's with me. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. And the vibrations are, well, yeah, here. Coming back. Don't go away. Softly smile. I know she must be Available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Billy, your gas light's on. We need to stop and fill up. No way, Jen. Gas around here is too expensive. We can make it a little further. Billy, listen to your big sister. You don't need to drive all over searching for the lowest gas prices. Do what I do and use Upside. Upside? Do you live under a rock, Billy? Upside is the hottest cashback app out there. It's free to download and you get real cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. I use it all the time and I've already made around 200 bucks. You can make that kind of cash back just for buying the gas you have to buy anyway. Yes, I'm looking at the Upside app now and there's a gas station at the next exit offering 25 cents per gallon cash back. Okay, I'm stopping to download Upside and fill up my tank. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code BLING to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code BLING for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code BLING for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. You can now order official New York lottery tickets from your phone with jackpot.com. Mega Millions and Powerball jackpots are getting bigger every day, so don't wait. Go to jackpot.com, choose your lottery game, pick your lucky numbers, and get notified when you win. Plus, get a free ticket with your first order. Get in on the action. Go to jackpot.com and order lottery tickets from your phone. Go to jackpot.com. That's jackpot.com. Jackpot.com. Paid for by jackpot.com. You must be 18 or older to order a lottery ticket. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Residents of New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for six. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a hand gun or pistol in NYC. The Saturday morning radio extravaganza is in your ears. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. 1972. Johnny Cash. Nope. Johnny Nash. A <laughs> three-week run in the number one spot with this one. This was his only huge hit. Not just here in the States. It was, uh, it went up to number five on the British charts. Yes, a bright, sun, shiny day. We hope you are having one. Wherever you may be in these United States and worldwide, uh, let us move to the Israeli James, James, uh, conflict, James, Derek. James, James, yes. have, you, have you heard the new Beatles song? Yes. What do you think? <clears throat> Moving on to the Rashida Tlaib um, story. Oh, it's not jazz. Sorry. No, I had, jazz. I had, no, no, listen to me. I had Cousin Brucey on. Mm-hmm. I had Cousin Brucey on. Cousin Brucey is going to uh, play the song tonight. He's got a whole 
Uh, he's got a real special broadcast planned around it. I listened to it earlier that day. It is me of what can be done. We were just talking about AI. I mean, mm-hmm. AI has been, was used to help separate the tracks. John Lennon had recorded that thing on a boombox and yeah. you on a cassette. Now you think of the noise, just the, even with Dolby. And a on piano, a box. And the, while playing the piano. So and a piano. Everything was min- mixed right. in, and the piano drowned out everything. Right. And they were able, with the help of AI, to separate his voice now with the new technology so that it was clear. Uh, uh, Ringo and and um, Paul played additional tracks. Yeah. In fact, Paul even emulated the sound of George Harrison's guitar so that they could get it in there, and it's being billed as the the the, la- the, the latest new Beatles record. Cousin Bruce, she says there are going to be more of these things coming out because there's so much more material. That's one of the things she shared with me. It's not so, so much, yes, it's a there's big not so deal. much more John and er, there's not so much more Ringo and Paul though. They're up there in age, so you know sooner or later this will mm. this well will run dry. I would like. I tell you what, I would like to see. You They've remember, got so much. There's so much music laying around. You remember in the Real Love could, and uh, Free as a Bird from the anthology when they were released in the mid '90s. I would like yes. to see them go back and remaster those using this technology because Lennon's vocals were a little bit muffled then. It just there were better quality demos that they were able to to use. I'd like to see them. Well, what did you? Up. I liked it. And what the did video, you think about the, video the song? Is, the video is very. I, oh, I love the Beatles. They're they're them and the replacements are my favorite. And you you sit there and you you watch the the official video, not the one with just the words on the screen. You watch the official video, you get a little emotional. You get a little choked up because these guys did so much. Watch the official music. video, and all of a sudden we lost Derek. I don't know what happened there. What? I'm here. Can lost, you hear me? Uh, yes. Yeah. No. You watch it. You get a little choked up, and you're like, "Wow, this is because this is it." We're gonna head to a break. WABC Talk Radio 77. We come back, and we'll be right back with you. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back in a moment. Do not go away. In your ears. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Yeah, that was an AI-generated thing there. Derek, you were saying you liked the Beatles song. You liked it. You thought it was good. You liked the official video. The the official video stirred up emotion in me. And I am a, a heartless bastard, as you well know. Because you're looking at these people who did so much in music that mattered so much to so many people, myself included, even though I wasn't alive when they were together. And it's sort of, it's them saying goodbye. It's them saying goodbye. You know, and and like, this is it. And, and from that perspective, I think it's, it's very powerful. Now, granted, I was already in. It's like a painting my kid did. I'm going to go, I'm not going to go, this is crap, what are you doing? I'm not going to do that. It's going to be on the refrigerator. But, you know, I do really like it, and I really, particularly watching the video, took it to a next level. The first time I heard the song, I thought, okay, it's all right. 
the second the, the second time I thought well, it was a little bit better than, I, than than the first time, and then the third time I watched or heard the song, I watched the video with it, and that that iced it for me. Well, I'll tell you, I I Go think ahead. the song is a tribute to technology, and <clears throat> I leave it there. I if 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 you had to say to me. Okay, play your best Beatles songs. I could spend but two hours. It's not the best Beatles song, for God's sakes. It's it's not Revolver. It's not on Revolver. It's not on Abbey Road, but it's it's good. That's the one thing. I'll tell you this about, look, I love the Rolling Stones. And you, you sit there and you watch the Rolling Stones. You listen to the Rolling Stones. And you're like, this is, they, their songs are great. And then you go, now we're going to get a deep cut from the Rolling Stones, a B-side, a rarity. And you go, oh, no, because those are terrible. The Rolling Stones have recorded, now it goes back to my theory that the Rolling Stones are around long enough to suck, but they recorded a bunch of things in the 70s and even the 60s where like, there are three really good songs on this album, and then there are seven others on it. And the rest, on it. and the rest, and yeah, yeah, the, yeah. seven others on it, and they have the deep, because if you remember back in the 90s, there were some, there was a little bit of a heyday for the stones where the people are covering i'm free or you know other things we had hits with stone covers that were lesser known stone songs that did all right the soup dragons with i'm free keeps coming to mind well it's because they have 10 million songs a million of them are great nine million of them suck and you know the uh the beatles don't really have that the beatles have awesome songs and great songs and and good songs they don't really have too many, except for maybe Revolution Number Nine, where you sit there and you go, "Oh God, this is terrible! Don't put that on." Everything that the Beatles did was pretty damn good. You can listen to the White Album. Oh, don't aye. go ahead and tell me how wonderful <clears throat> jazz is. Look, uh, well, I don't know why you have to compare genres because everything in jazz isn't great either. There's some jazz that sucks. Okay. Not much of it because they're actual real musicians. I mean, you can. Oh, get the Beatles aren't real from... musicians, huh? I no, I didn't say that. I happen to look. I am a big. I think that, and I've said this so many times. John Lennon and Paul McCartney are their writing is to me otherworldly. These guys together are one of the. It, 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 they are su- almost supernatural what they were able to do. But that doesn't mean that when I listen to those albums, I don't come across some songs and say, eh, I wish they didn't put that one on there. It's because they were the early stuff, right? It's the bubblegum stuff. Yes, so, yes, okay. yes, okay. yes. But then yes. you get to 65 with Rubber Soul, and it changes. So you're looking at two records made in 64. You can, you and, can follow the Beatles' growth and see how they grew, not only as musicians, but they grew together as a unique entity that will never be duplicated. Right. They were amazing, but that doesn't mean every song was whatever. I mean, you know, there were some of those songs song. to me that... It means that, all, it's certainly a higher batting average than, than Mick and Keith, wouldn't you say? Yes. Dag, I'm agreeing with Derek with something about music? A higher batting average than most other people, right? Than most other groups... Yeah, to a degree. To a degree. Who would I you mean, you can, to a degree. Who would you place above? On, that didn't instance, die at 27. That didn't die at okay, 27 and okay. have time to You asked, I'm going to answer. If you like R&B and you listen to some of the stuff that came out of Motown, for instance, mm-hmm. um, some of the later stuff with Motown, not 
There, there are a lot of songwriters there that did with them that they were the hits all the time. And even the stuff that was the B record sounded okay, sounded good. If you go back and you listen to the music of Tom Bell and Linda Creed, you can sit down and listen to those but entire albums. You're talking albums. about people whose job it was to write songs. It was their job to write songs. These guys. Well, not just write, the but they had artists thing. that perform. Some people, like you were, can, they're the lyricist, and this is the guy that gives you the melody okay. and everything. And it's, you, a, it's you, a bit of an assembly look, line, whereas the Beatles are. Just two guys. Look, homie, look, homie you grew up. Look, you grew up in whatever. You can put on Stevie Wonder to me. His album's uh, fulfilling this first finale. Uh, I just uh, come to say. That was not on I, fulfilling this. I love you. Yeah, you but can you put know, on the every, Inner Visions album. For every superstition, the there's an I just called to say I love no. you. Have you listened to the entire Music of My Mind album? I doubt it. Have you listened to the entire Inner Visions album? I doubt it. Have you listened to... Of my heart. Here we go. I just can't. Every single song is a quality song on some songs in the key of life. Double album. You can listen to the whole double album. Okay, you but, can go okay, through Chicago. Hold not on, going you to asked me a question. I'm giving you. I'm giving you. I'm giving you a couple of good albums, but the it's not just average. a couple. It's not just about, a couple. Talking about the if you go average, through, James. if you go yep. through Chicago, for instance, and their catalog, you can go through. The first seven Chicago albums, and every single song on there is a quality song in one way or another. So there are groups that do it. Now, to me, what took place with the with the Beatles, what is unique about the Beatles is the time, the, the era that they defined they a did sound. It first, they created, you know, new sounds, new genres, things like that. When they put out I Feel Fine, they had to put out a press release and explain that the feedback at the beginning of it was actually a mistake that they meant to edit out because it was so bizarre at the time. They brought in instruments that nobody'd ever used in certain ways. They put horns and strings on rock and roll music. They were pioneers. Everybody else, there are people who may have done it in particular instances better. There are other people who walked on the moon probably more, more coolly than Neil Armstrong. But he was first, and they wouldn't have done. Now look, I'm not going. I'm not trying to take anything away from the Beatles. I love the Beatles. I think the Beatles are one of the one of the most iconic groups in the history of mankind. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. Okay, now let's move to. We had some calls, by the way. Let me grab a call or two because some people want to weigh in about some of the stuff with AI. Let's go to Woodcrest. And Mike, Mike, you're on with Derek Hunter, James Golden, of course, both certainly here with the Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. How are you, Mike? Hey, uh, uh, James, it's, uh, it's Mike in Woodside, actually. But, in uh, Woodside, okay. Know, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those things that AI gets things wrong, right? So so uh, when you think about this, I'm going to give you a situation. You know how our military spends billions of dollars in technology? We have something called the F-22 Raptor. Now, they recently upgraded the F-22's capabilities with AI installed to help the pilot do things better. Well, during an exercise called Cope Thunder in the Philippines, where, where I'm partly from, I've, I've called in before. I used to be a journalist out there. And uh, one of these F-22's in the exercise gets shot down by a Philippine Air Force plane that doesn't even cost 10% or, or, you know, less than 5% of what the F-22 costs, which is like $300 million, because the AI got the thing wrong. And 
basically turned the plane into the target that allowed it to be shot down. So can you imagine, this is the problem also with AI, is because it's not perfect. It's garbage in, garbage out. Somebody makes a mistake in the program, something goes wrong. It is not perfect. And this is the problem that a lot of people have with too much reliance on AI can make a lot of mistakes. And that's just something I wanted to do. I, I get that, and I can Thank you. get the same sort of thing with self-driving cars, which is partially AI. Like, uh, I'm not going to trust them. I'm not going to crawl in the back seat and take a nap. But the thing about technology is it always gets better. I mean, you remember the old computers with the dial-up modems and the, the laptops that would burn a hole in your thighs if you dared put it on your lap. That's a, and Now it's much, much better. Right now you're looking at war games, by the way, where they're shooting down uh, these planes because the Philippine Army would be, would be uh, ashes if they were actually shooting down American fighters. But, yeah, you can change that. That's the beauty of it is you can upgrade it. You can update it. You can improve it. It learns like so you, real <clears throat> intelligence. Derek, you don't have... You don't have the kind of uh, fear that this stuff is going to take society in a bad way, do you? No, you know, I'm certainly not. I'm, I think the world would be better off without it, to be honest with you. Oh, you do? Yeah, no, it, it, I've seen the Terminator. I know how this stuff works. <laughs> I, I know how this stuff is. Skynet is out there. They never fully explained what Skynet was trying to accomplish when AI became self-aware and decided to kill everybody. But, yeah, I, I know how those... Those uh, concerns are founded. I don't know that they're completely founded, that it's 100% real, but they're, uh, I hope to God that people are being responsible and people well above my pay grade, and people are being uh, smart and putting in fail-safes and things of that nature. I just, That's the first sign to me that everything goes wrong. When you say, I hope people are being responsible, because 99% of people can be responsible and it just takes yeah. that one, yeah, I get it. Jan in New Jersey, let's uh, grab you. want to talk about AI as well. Jan, what's on your mind this morning? Yes, uh, President uh, Biden just signed an executive order for AI. And lo and behold, um, one of his former employees, this Anna Mankangju, she worked for him under the old Biden administration, and she was like the Russian diplomat, whatever. And then she went after that. She went to Facebook Global Elections, and then now she's the vice president of OpenAI. Wow! I'd read, and that, that has uh, you worried. I'd read that the president had signed his executive order. He came up with the idea for it based on watching the new Mission Impossible movie. I'm not even, not oh, even kidding. I'm not even kidding. Not even kidding. It's, oh no! It's the bad guy in there, but I, I, I seriously, I'd read that. I, I'll try and find well, it maybe during the break. But I have one last thing: is that this Anna Mancuco, she is a Paul and Daisy Soros New American Fellow. You can oh, go boy. right on the Paul. Yep. And the thing is, too, in Obama, he's still using all these Soros fellowships to push his foundation work. And everything, and it's like people need to go to that site, Paul and Daisy Soros Foundation, and see all these new Americans, and especially that uh, um, Cooney Law professor, uh, his name's Ram Singh, whatever, really, really big anti-Semite. Joe, he's working for Joe Biden right now on in uh, the on the 
Advisory of Immigration. Got it. Thank you, Jan. We appreciate your call. Uh, okay, so let's go to Joe Biden, and let me get to the story I was trying to introduce before with Derek, which is Rashida Tlaib. She is, uh, she, okay, so they had this motion to uh, censor her. I, I just think this censure business is just it's garbage. outdated and stupid. It's sending right? a note oh. home. I'm going to send a note home to your parents. You make sure they sign it and bring it back. It's garbage. You, did you see right. her tweet? Did you see her tweet about from the river to the sea? Yes. For those who don't know, of course, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free as a call to genocide. It is, you know, the River Jordan. To, they just want to wipe out all the Jews. And it's been known to be that. That's exactly what it is. It's people who kill Jews who chant it oftentimes over there. Well, she says uh, she's on board with that. It's probably her tramp stamp tattoo, if I had to guess. And uh, she says, from the river to the sea is an aspirational call for freedom, human rights, and peaceful coexistence, not death, destruction, or hate. My work in advocacy is always centered in justice and dignity for all people, no matter faith or ethnicity. Has she called for the release of the hostages? I don't think she has. No. She condemned Hamas uh, for the attack? I don't think she has. She goes to rallies where people justify you know, she's smart enough to go out and not go on the stage and say, kill the Jews. Yes, we love our martyrs. But she'll follow speakers who do, and she'll precede speakers who do. And just because you're not the one engaging, if you speak at a Klan rally, but you speak about how, a really good sandwich recipe or something, you're still speaking at a Klan rally. Well, she has released a video now. And the yeah. video, Mr. President, the American people are not with you on this one. We will remember in 2024 when she says that the screen goes dark, message appears in white lettering, and it says Joe Biden supported the genocide of the Palestinian people. The American people won't forget Biden support a ceasefire now or don't count on us in 2024. What, what impact do you think that this is going to have outside? Look, her district. I, okay, she I may get, very well get reelected. Okay, she may very well get reelected oh, in, in her she district. Will. I was just I was just there for a, a funeral last weekend. She will get reelected. I went to uh, my favorite Lebanese restaurant in Dearborn, where I used to live too. It's, she will win reelection. There are all sorts of horrible people that get reelected. Okay, but overall, this is one of the reasons why I say to people that want her thrown out of Congress and want her censured, no, let her speak. Let her speak, because the impact of what she's saying goes far beyond her district. And she and the other squad members are giving the American people a window into what the Democrat Party is, this faction of the Democrat Party, which is a wide faction, what they really think. And when you combine that with what's happening in education, like Dana Milbank uh, uh, last week wrote a column about how lonely it is to be a progressive Jew, right? Dana Milbank, by the way, is back today, the Amazon Prime Washington Post columnist. She's back today bashing Republicans as usual. Of course she is. And I said last week, this is so strange because here he is, the only people that really support Israel, and as as a block of people, except for the Buchanan wing, would be the conservative Republicans, who are just 
and the Republican Party. The very people that he has spent his entire career trashing are the ones that support his right to existence. His friends in the Democrat Party, who he has aligned himself with all these years, he's finding out, just like everyone, every other Democrat is finding out, that, that supports Israel, how much their own party despises Israel. And it, uh, so what do you think of the electoral impact of all of this is going to be, Derek? It's really kind of funny because they sit around and they wonder, how is this going to impact the Muslim vote and the Arab vote? It could put Michigan in play, and there are a bunch of stories about how the Democrats are very concerned. It's going to put Michigan in play because there's a high population of Muslims. So what's what's what are they saying? Then embrace terrorism? Like, is that the way to appeal to the Muslim vote? I don't believe that. A certain percentage, sure. But nobody's concerned about, well, if we go too far the other way, we're going to lose the Jewish vote. Have you noticed that? There's no concern, yep. no deep-rooted concern like, oh, this could really hurt Democrats with Jews. How about you just do the right thing? Is that such a novel concept now? Apparently it is. Just do the right thing. So it's weird going, well, we could lose the Muslim vote. What is it saying that Democrats believe about Muslims, American Muslims, that they love terrorism? And if you go too hard against terror, they might tolerate a, you know, terrorism is bad speech every now and then. But if you go full-throated terrorism is bad, you're going to lose their vote. How messed up is that? If I'm a Muslim American, I'm sitting there going, what the hell do you think of me? It's the same thing every time there's some sort of horrible incident. They go, well, somebody did something awful with a gun. Therefore, everybody with a gun must be punished. Why? Because everybody with a gun is just one bad day away from going on a killing spree. That's not... Maybe that's how you you are, but that's not how normal people are. That's not how, you know, like uh, something, one white person did something horrible, all white people are terrible and they're racist and they're just like, like no, not every white person is, is one slight away from rounding up the boys and getting a pickup truck and going out and committing a string of hate crimes. But they always assume the worst about everybody, I think, because deep down, they have the worst in them, and they think that if it's in them, then it must be in everybody else. Wow. All right, let me shift gears with you for one quick other thing. Your take, Derek, this is where you can deliver your apology to me. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry you were wrong, whatever it is. I no, this is where, no, Derek, you were you were Mr. Matt Gates, and these guys are a bunch of bozos. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now you have the new Speaker of the House. You actually, we actually have appropriations bills starting to emerge from the House. We have this guy that has actually done what he says he's going to do. He bifurcated the, uh, he bifurcated the, the Israeli from the Ukraine spending. And they're doing other things that are more positive. Of course, this, this, this 39% slash to the EPA budget that the House has passed is not going to be the final word on it. But the House is actually doing things now, much to the chagrin of left who are saying, oh, the crazies are back, the crazies are back. But they're actually performing like a functioning House. And so now, do you still think that Matt Gates and all the rest of them did something terrible by getting rid of Kevin? You are putting a word in my mouth that I did not use. Terrible, terrible. Terrible implies the sort of moral implications of it. I said stupid. 
there's a huge difference between okay. doing something terrible and doing something stupid. Okay. And I will forever believe, because it's true, that they did something unnecessary and stupid. Even now. What was it? Where's the there were what seven of the twelve appropriations bills that had already been completed in the House? So you can't say finally they're getting some appropriations, but seven of them, more than half, for those of you playing the home game, was all were already completed. Do I think that Kevin's uh, Kevin McCarthy was the cure for what ails it? No, but do I think that Mike Johnson is? No, it's been a week for God's sakes. If you're already arguing and and calling for to vacate the chair after a week, or especially after the three weeks where they were morons and looking like fools, and every other everybody was going to be nominated for speaker eventually, of course they're going to go. Yeah, things are going great. Oh boy, howdy, we did the same. Don't believe the hype. I need a little bit more than a week. Of course they're going to say things are going well. They realize that they wandered drunkenly into a field of rakes for three weeks. Anything is better than that. And these are people who will lie to you because they're politicians. They'll lie to you to say that everything, oh, now we've, we've done it. We've succeeded. This is the most greatest thing ever. Talk to me. The apology in six is months. not forthcoming, folks. The, the apology is not forthcoming. We got to go to a quick break. Not warranted, James. Not warranted. Not forthcoming at all. Saturday morning, a radio extravaganza, 800-848-WABC. Coming back right after this. Don't go away. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. The Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC. Hit it. All right, this day in music, tomorrow, Sunday, November 5th, Cheryl Crow goes top ten for the first time with this one. Cheryl Crow inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yesterday. Always, well, I love this song. All I want to do is have some fun. Derek Hunter. Going to listen to Beatles today, Derek? No, I probably won't listen to any music today. I'm going to listen to a six-year-old and a five-year-old scream and run around playing soccer in the bitter cold. <laughs> as soon as Good I'm done deal. with this, I've got a, a soccer game for a six-year-old at nine, so I've got to go wake her up 
shove some Cheerios down her throat, get her dressed, get her to the field, and then the five-year-old, they couldn't just play at the same time. they got to have the five-year-old at 11 o'clock. So that's my Saturday morning. Well, I thank you for thank, I am. But, that, but thank you for spending the time that you spend with us. Tell us now in a relaxed form where everybody can find you, Derek. Uh, you, if you like the biting humor uh, peppered with uh, some colorful metaphors and some some dirty language, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. Every Saturday morning is the week in effing review. The news talked about the way it deserves to be talked about. Otherwise, if you just don't want the swearing, uh, the podcast every single day is just the Derek Hunter podcast, which you can find wherever podcasts are sold and given away for free. Townhall.com three, four days a week, and thehill.com on Wednesdays. And Twitter, Derek or X or whatever, at Derek A. Hunter. He's a one-man media empire, my friends, and he was also... <laughs> The vet he was, and I would like to remind people, Derek Hunter was actually the very last of the new guest hosts that we introduced on the Rush Limbaugh program. We have such high regard for this man, and I do. He's a dear friend, and I love him, despite the fact he knows squat about music except for the Beatles. You know, Derek. I was, was going to get, you know, that's like a, the best man toast, and then right at the end, you tap him right in the crotch. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Love you too, pal. Thanks, Derek. We'll check you later, Bye, James. Enjoy soccer. Okay, we've got a lot coming up. Princess Di is going to be with us, and she'll correct Derek on something. <clears throat> I can't wait for that. Right now, time to check in with James flipping in the news on WABC. Coming back with hour two of the Saturday morning radio extravaganza and a promised story when we get back. So don't go away. Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived at our number duo here on our Saturday morning, our radio extravaganza. Half Brit Nick is here, James Flippin hanging out with us, Princess Die coming up later, and of course, York telephone calls at 800 848 WABC. We will get to as many calls as possible. I have a promised story that I am going to introduce this hour. We we had this story, I think, yes, on November 1st. It is already the 4th. So four days ago, we had this story. I said, I cannot give justice to this story on our Bo Snerdly Rush Hour program. That's at 4 p.m. every weekday, in case you don't know. I have to, I'll have to wait until Saturday for this story. Saturday has arrived. So we will get to the promised story. James Flippin, WABC News. James, you talked about this gateway project, this this thing that's going underneath the uh, the, the 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 Hudson River. Mm-hmm. What? How many? I don't know. I don't want to put you on the spot and ask you how many bazillion dollars this is <laughs> going to cost because it's going to be they're going to be cost overruns. It's going to be bazillions of dollars mm-hmm. and more bazillions of dollars. And I guess the hope is, what with the what is this thing? They're gonna run some new rails underneath the water. Yeah, well, I mean, look, as somebody who takes New Jersey Transit 
every weekday to get into work. Um, Yeah. It's something that I'm keenly aware of, that the rail tunnel situation under the Hudson River is not adequate for New York City. And uh, really, you know, the the Northeast Corridor, as they call it. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. What do you mean it's not adequate? You mean the trains don't work? You mean something happens? That the train, what 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 happens in in the middle of the Hudson River, it just stops or something? What do you mean it's not? Well, a- there's all kinds of. So basically, the the way it is is currently there's an existing rail tunnel, obviously, that goes under the Hudson, connecting New Jersey and Midtown Manhattan. Um, yeah. And this is the one that goes into Penn Station there on the west side, not any of the tunnels that are involved with Grand Central, which is a little closer to the station here. And there's just problems with this tunnel because it's over 100 years old. And as if that wasn't bad enough, because, you know, anything that's that old from an infrastructure perspective is just going to have problems. Um, there was also significant damage caused by Superstorm Sandy because all the water that went into the tunnel there and flooded it was brackish or at least partly salt water. Right. So anytime you've got salt water messing with metal and, and you know, electronics and stuff like that, it's bad. It's very corrosive. It's caused a lot of damage. So. Again, as somebody who's a daily commuter through New Jersey Transit and through those tunnels, there's just problems with them all the time, whether it's, you know, some sort of uh, a switch malfunction or, you know, the signal system isn't working properly. Uh, you know, similar to with the New York City subway system, the signal system that I'm talking about, it sounds maybe more advanced than it really is. You would think maybe in this day and age, 2023, that it is something sort of advanced, but no, it's not. It's just those red light, green light flashing symbols that the conductors, you know, the operators or the engineer of the train kind of follow. Okay, I can go now. No, I can't go now. So the whole thing with the gateway project, it goes all the way back to when um, Chris Christie was governor of New right. Jersey. Right. He put right. the kibosh on it, basically. He said, you know, the cost is too high. There's not enough coming from the federal government. Too much of the cost here is being put on New Jersey and on New York. And the whole argument is, well, this well, northeast corridor is important minute. to the nation's economy. Wait a minute. Too much is coming from New Jersey and New York. Who's going to use it? New Jersey and New Yorkers. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I think that there's probably a lot of people who would agree with you. The, the other side of the uh, argument, I guess, is that that whole northeast corridor route from, like, a freight rail perspective and also, I guess, maybe some aspect of, you know, commuter on Amtrak or something like that has a significant role to play in the nation's economy. So, um, you know, uh, do with that what point. you will. But, yeah. I, but I wanted to bring this up, actually. I'm, I'm glad you brought the whole story up. By the way, the, the price tag you alluded to, Bo, is $16 billion. And right now the federal government is For paying- now. Right, right. And right now the federal government's paying about 70% of that. So, um, 70% of the $16 billion is going to be picked up by the feds. I don't know, James, whether you've been following this fiasco that's going on in California, where again, it's one of these things, oh, let's do rail. Let's look. I am not one of these anti rail people. Mm-hmm. I happen to like the trains. Mm-hmm. I happen to, I happen to, I wish. I wish that they would actually expand, that Amtrak would actually expand the uh, the kind of coverage with the auto train so that the auto train can go further into the, so that people, I don't know whether, you, whether you've ever read the, uh, rode the auto train that goes from uh, Virginia down to Sanford, Florida. But if you're, go- if you're doing that New York to Florida run, 
You can stop in um, Lawton, Lawton, Virginia, put your car on the train, and just take the 16-hour train ride. Get off in Florida <clears throat> 16 hours later, have a nice sleep, if you can sleep. Get off in Florida, get in your car, and go. If this thing were available to, let's say, people that wanted to go from New York to California and have nothing but time to kill, you go put your car on a, on a train and, and, and let, the, let the train take you to California with your car or wherever. I think that there's a lot of room for trains. It's just the cost of it. And in California, it's, a, it's, it's like a billion dollars a mile in some places with this this it, it, and and the and the, the it's projected that the ridership is not going to ever be able to cover the cost of it it's a boondoggle mm-hmm. now here at least i'm presuming that new jersey transit at least in the rush hours you're not looking at many empty cars are you no i mean it's it's definitely and, and the whole amtrak thing is a little more con controversial i guess and and that's an interesting point you make about the auto train because i didn't even know that was a thing like i've gone on ferries before where you drive on and and take the boat but i didn't know about the auto train but yeah no new jersey transit long island railroad metro north um you know it's slowly coming back especially post-pandemic but people do ride the commuter rails here in the tri-state and you know now we've got congestion pricing coming down the pike for manhattan so even less uh, I guess more of an incentive, I should say, to take mass transit and not want to drive into the city. But when is that supposed? Is, is it, they, they've already given the green light to that thing, but it hasn't started yet. That's correct. It's supposed to start in spring of 2024. And right now what we're waiting on is the final determination from the MTA in terms of what is going to be the pricing structure and if anybody's going to be exempt and what's the price break certain people are going to get. And then New Jersey uh, Governor Phil Murphy says they're going to sue the MTA, once those details are finalized. And that's not the first lawsuit, because I think a group of commuters actually filed a class action lawsuit against the MTA also. Yeah, Phil Murray probably needs some more money so he can go to Taylor Swift concerts. <laughs> you saw that story, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love this I love this guy. This, this guy <laughs> in New Jersey, hey, I'm going to go see Taylor Swift and let the New Jersey taxpayers pick up the bill right. for all of my goodies. Yeah, And then when they get busted, they're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, well, we made a mistake with that. We we, we came in because we realized the bills weren't going to be paid. So now they're trying to shift it off to the Democrat Party there. If they hadn't been busted at this, you guaranteed the taxpayers would have been paying for his little Taylor Swift experience. Great governance, Governor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, look, I mean, we could probably spend time, uh, spend the rest of the segment talking about the stuff with the Gateway Project, and they say it's going to take 10 years. I don't really understand that. It took the uh, it took them seven years to build the Holland Tunnel back in the twenties. Like I think the various tubes of the Lincoln Tunnel took like maybe two years apiece or something like that. So I don't really understand why it's going to take them ten years to do this tunnel. But anyway, uh, we don't have to necessarily get back into that. The one thing I did want to mention or ask you, Bo, was did you see this story out of Massachusetts concerning uh, the field hockey controversy? We talked about that with Derek when the, in the first hour. You did, okay. Talked to, yes, this girl, her teeth knocked out yep. by a male player. And it, and the guy's not even declared a transgender. He's just, hey, I'm a guy. I want to play with the girls. And he knocks out her teeth. And uh, the girl's been hospitalized. She has uh, facial injuries as well as, you know, the agony of having two of her teeth knocked out. 
And the 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 people up there in Massachusetts, they're a funny lot up there in Massachusetts. Well, you know, at least it's permitted by our laws. I, so I guess it's okay. Just at some point, at some point, there has got to be some sanity with this, with, with sports and with guys playing with girls. I, I, I don't know. It's okay for you to opinion even though you're a news guy what do you think about it james yeah well i mean look and i'm also somebody who played uh you know high school sports i played football i played basketball i played baseball so i certainly have you know opinions on varsity athletics and stuff like that i enjoyed going and watching the girls uh soccer team when i was in high school a great team that won the state championship the girls basketball team was great and i do think there's a important place and a thing to be said for you know just distinctive Boys and girls sports. I think there's a lot of value in kind of growing up and, and going to practice and learning, you know, what it is to deal with failure and deal with loss and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And sports can be a facsimile for that. But the whole transgender thing, what's weird about this one, as you mentioned, it's not even really clear if this, if this, um, student, Sawyer Gruthius is the name that I've seen printed, uh, is a transgender. I think somebody tracked down a social media account that showed they had uh, uh, an LGBT flag in their profile and, and maybe some emoji suggesting two guys getting together or something like that. But, you know, the whole thing, it, it's just a shame because you, you know that there are earnest people involved who want to do the right thing and be inclusive and all this kind of stuff. But athletics is always like, you know, supposed to be something where uh, you have clearly defined rules and lines and, and, and things that make it you know, kind of a fun gaming event, a competition. And that's what you need is you need rules. Well, I don't know that there are people involved with the best motives here. I think anybody's got to be crazy to think that boys and girls should be playing contact sports where girls can get hurt because guys, let's face it, have more muscle mass. They're usually bigger. I think it's a stupid idea. And I don't know how anybody that's well-intentioned can think that this is a great idea, to be honest with you. I also think... Look, I started learning about women's sports when Princess Di, who will be on with us a little bit later, um, had a daughter, and she was very involved in her daughter's. Her daughter was an amazing basketball player. Mm. And so I, this is when I started learning it, because unlike you, I didn't find women's soccer or girls' soccer or anything that I wanted to watch. I didn't even find soccer back then anything that I wanted to watch. But, but... I started becoming interested when when Princess Di educated me on Title IX, and I didn't know about Title IX, and I was just like, well, okay, what is explain this Title IX thing to me. And Princess Di, if you're listening, I'd love for you to just give kind of an overview of people why Title IX was important. And I think that, that right now all of the efforts that have been made to actually help young women and girls become more competitive, all the things that you said, the confidence, James, that, that what, what sports teaches you. Right. I think all of that is in danger right now of being versed with this idea that boys should shum, somehow be playing with girls in sports. I think it's just plain stupid. Yeah. No, I mean, and, uh, have it. <laughs> and look, I do think that when it comes to the issue of uh, transgender and sports and stuff like that. I don't necessarily disagree that it's crazy to think that it's something that, uh, you know, that biological males should be competing with biological females and stuff like that. I do think that's crazy. But I just think the whole issue 
surrounding transgender and gender identity and all that gets people so confused that when it comes to something like sports, which is usually an inclusive thing, okay, fine, varsity, JV, you get cut from the team, whatever, that's a little different. But it, it leaves people kind of twisted up, you know. It puts people in a in a mental pretzel, I guess. And maybe it shouldn't, but it seems like it does. Now, one of the solutions that a lot of us with with thought was that, okay, well, look, I'm not opposed to transgenderism at all, period. If that's what you want to do with your life, okay. But I think I thought that they would, okay, so why not not have a, a category with transgender yeah. athletic? I think that makes the okay, most sense. Okay, let transgender... They they tried that with with some and I forgot the exact details of this in the UK they had something that was along those lines and not one person signed up for it mm-hmm. so do I think that there's a political motivation behind some of this stuff I do think that there is a political motivation about it since you're Mr Sports guy I just got to ask you a question here you also did the sports <clears throat> how your Knicks doing bunch of lo- I, when is it when's the last time the Knicks when's the last when's the last time the Knicks won a championship wow does anybody remember wow how old, James how old how old were you when the Knicks last won a championship <laughs> technically speaking I guess I would have been negative 12 <laughs> thank you <laughs> Actually, I think it's more like negative 17 because I don't think I can do math. So, um, yeah, I, look, what can I say about those Knicks, Bo? Um, I will say this, that ahead of this weekend's NFL slate, I find myself strangely motivated to root for those Philadelphia Eagles, which I very rarely am, But given I'm a Giants what? fan. But since they're playing the oh, Dallas Cowboys... I do find myself eh, a little tempted. A little wait tempted. Wait a minute. Who's playing? Wait, wait, wait. Who's who, who's playing the boys? Uh, aren't, aren't the Eagles playing the Cowboys? The, the, the Eagles are playing the boys, and you're going to root for the Eagles? I may have to. I may have to. That. I mean, I'm telling you, it's funny how the rivalry between those NFC East squads, it's always a little in the mix, right? Like whoever's on top, whoever's down, you know, kind of it, it, it shifts a little bit. But I don't know, man. As As a New Jersey Giants fan that grew up in the 90s, Something about the Cowboys that makes me feel a certain type of way. Well, I still remember when they were the New York Giants, not some Jersey team. <laughs> and, and that's number one. Number two, um, I keep I look at the standings. I, I don't I because I, I don't follow football ever since they started this kneeling crap. I, I yeah I, yeah. I was like, I okay, I'm out. Yeah, but, I have a lot of friends but, who say that. But, by the way, but I did look at the standings this week to see. I, I was like, I'm curious. Let me see what's what. And I saw that the New York teams, one is in last place in the NFL and the other is in next to last place. The, which one is in last place? Would that be the, the, the Giants? They're in last place in their division. Yep. And I, and I smiled. And the, and the, and the Jets are in next to last place. And then you have the Knicks. <clears throat> yeah. Well. Look, I, I will say this. When it comes to the Knicks and it being a long time since they've won a championship of any kind, well, they have that in common with the Cowboys. So that's a good thing. Thank you, James. Bo, always, always good to talk to you. Always good to talk to you. Those rivalries cut deep. What can I say? My man. WABC Talk Radio 77, Princess Di. We'll come up later in the program. Your calls are coming up. We have a lot of other news to cover. Indeed. Jimi Hendrix, 1991.
inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Jimi Hendrix had a lot of company that year. Bobby Blue Bland, Booker T and the MGs, Johnny Cash, the Isley Brothers, Sam and Dave, the Yardbirds. You know, they should just call this the Music Hall of Fame. Anyway, 1991, Jimmy makes it in. 800-848-WABC. The story that we have been promising since the beginning of the week. Coming up. The Saturday morning radio extravaganza is in your ears. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. The Yardbirds to bring us back. I'm a man on WABC. Again, one of those groups in the 1991 roster from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on this day. 1991, along with Jimi Hendrix, Booker T and the MGs, Bobby Blue Bland, Johnny Cash, Isley Brothers, Sam and Dave. All elected to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back in 1991. Chaka Khan, I think, and Sheryl Crow were uh, inducted yesterday. And that's pretty cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is uh, it, it is time to do a story that first appeared in front of my face <clears throat> uh, early in the week. And I said, I, you know, I just can't do this story on Boston Early Rush Hour. I don't have enough time. We were pressed for time. So much political news happening. I said, I'll wait until Saturday to do this story. And we have some calls from people that are looking forward to hearing this story on Saturday. So if you're one of those people that have been waiting all week for this story, uh, your patience, ladies and gentlemen, will now be rewarded. The story from the Daily Mail is a doctor from TikTok. Imagine that. A doctor from TikTok. A doctor from TikTok says that men are more at risk by performing oral sex on women. That's because you women out there are more likely to carry this thing called HPV in their private area and this HPV thing can cause cancer. So you have to take this seriously. And that has been confirmed, at least the HPV part of this is a real threat, has been confirmed by our very own nursey nurse, who says, yeah, this is a real thing. And also nursey nurse 
says that even though there's a vaccine for HPV, there have also been significant problems raised with it. So, uh, let's get to the meat of the story. Well, the heart of the story. A doctor on TikTok, which I find amazing in and of itself, a doctor on TikTok has claimed that oral sex is the number one cause of throat, the number one cause of throat cancer. Not your cigarettes, not your cigars, not the, what's gross? (sighs) Dr. Daria Sadovaskia, she's 29 years old, from Singapore she is, she's from Singapore, she posted a video last month about the link between performing oral sex on your partner and the potentially life-threatening disease. Now, I know this is going to come as a shock to some of you people who like to indulge in these sort of things, and by all means, I'm not telling you what to do, I'm not suggesting what you should do, I'm just giving you information, okay, use the information as you see fit. Traditionally, you see, tobacco use and excessive alcohol consumption. So you smokers and you drinkers out there, typically, if you're a big smoker, you're a big drinker, typically, it's been you that have thought to have been in the line of fire for throat cancer. But apparently, things have changed. Dr. Sodiavaskia says hundreds of thousands of her followers have asked her if she's saying that oral sex has proven to be the number one cause of throat cancer, and she replied by mouthing the song lyrics, I said what I said in a video. Yes, I said it. It's the number one cause of throat cancer. You put in your mouth, you, you, <clears throat> doctors say that increasingly, And this is where the big words come in, my friends, the big words. I had to look at this word like four times to get it right, and I still may botch it up because I'm not used to saying it. Human papillomavirus. Thank you. Papilloma. See, I, I practiced it, and I still got it wrong. Papilloma. Human papilloma virus. Not like corona. Simple word there. Papilloma, big word. Papilloma virus, it's a family, actually. It's not just one. It's got a whole little family going on. A whole family of viruses that infect the genitals. And it can be transferred to your throat. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? You've got this thing, and, and especially, now look look here, you, you know that I love women, and I'm not at all trying to say anything you know, negative about the gals, the women. We love women. I love women. Straight, am I? Yes, I am. Very proud of it. Not saying anything at all about about you women that could be construed or should be construed to be negative. We're just saying what the doctor is saying are facts. And the doctor says it's a fact that you women are carrying around a family, a whole family of viruses down there that infect your privates, and they can be transferred to the throat. Nursey nurses weighing in. I'm trying to keep up with all this as I'm going on. She's saying men 
carry HPV also, and men perform ill, and men perform functions on other men. So don't blame the women. Oh, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just trying to give information here. And I want to make it very clear to all of you, I'm not blaming. I'm trying to educate based on what I'm reading in the freaking newspaper. You've got this thing. How do you pronounce it again? The papillomavirus. Papilloma. Papilloma. Papilloma virus. The human papilloma virus. It's a family. They've got a little man papilloma. They've got a woman papilloma. They've got little kitty papillomas running down there in your genitals. And they're going berserk. The family's having like a, a family feud down there. And then along comes some interloper and puts his, puts his mouth down there or puts her mouth down there, whatever it is. And all of a sudden the family says, I know, let's move. Let's try a new location. And then, and then the family of viruses moves over and settles in somebody's throat. And once the family settles in the throat, then it's bad news. Bad news indeed. Now, I don't know whether this is going to make you change again. I don't know. I, I don't know whether this will make you change your ways. But I'll tell you what, it's scary. It's bloody scary. Oh, no, I shouldn't say bloody. It's, it's, it's scary, isn't it? I mean, after all, here you are thinking you're just going to have a run of the mill, you know, a good old, you know, and all of a sudden you're in harm's way. 11,000, over 11,000 people back in 2023. That's what they're projecting. And this year alone, 11,000 people are going to die from this thing. So this is an education. Now, Nurse Nurse is keen to tell us that it's not just women. Men carry this thing, too. But this story concerns more about you men who like to uh, engage in this sort of behavior with women. And it's a warning. It's a warning. There's a little family down there of viruses. I don't know how they get there. Don't ask me that question. I'm not a doctor. I don't know how they got there. I don't know where they moved in from. I don't know whether, you know, it doesn't say in the story what caused the original family of viruses to move down there to women's genitals? I don't know. Yeah, it's the southern border. It's the southern border. The virus moved to the southern border, and then they wanted to get illegally into... No. Well, at any rate, the family likes to travel, this family of viruses, the human papilloma, I have to get help every time with this word. I look at these things, and it looks like a jumble of letters to me. I'm like, every time I see it, I think about that song, you know, um, that, 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 that beautiful song, Hot Butterflies, uh, Song Song Papillon. But it's Papilloma. Papilloma virus. The family of viruses that lives down there in women, southern border, 
And if the guards like to visit down there, then there are problems. So there you have the story. It has been a health alert for all of you guys and women. Take it to the bank. This is not a good thing. You need to be careful. You need to have border checks. You need somebody patrolling the border down there to see whether it's safe. It's a thing. We're going to take a break. And we're going to come back and just move to other news on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. Do not go away because we're coming back. Oh, yes. Oh. Oh, time to get up, ladies and gentlemen. It is the morning dance. We are halfway through the Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC Talk Radio 77. This is Spirit Jara. We do this every week. Halfway through the program, we get up, we move the body. Give us the morning dance. That's the name of the song, by the way. Morning dance, Pyrajara. And I love the morning dance and hope you do too. You can dance wherever you are. One of these days, Nick, we need to actually play the back end of this song. It's so upbeat. Ah, thank you. Gives us time to go and stretch. Okay, a little bit more information on that last story. Nursing nurse, who is, by the way, a real nurse. Uh, her name isn't revealed. Says that there are a lot of strains of it. Not all will cause cancer. Women can be tested at the GYN. Oh, I guess that would be your gyno. You can get HBV at the, you can get HBV testing at the GYN. They can test your border. They can test your southern border down there if you go to the GYN. She says certain strains will cause genital warts. She says just don't cross the border. And then she says, Bo Snurley, you are a sick man. <laughs> I'm sick. I'm trying to educate people. And I left out a part of the story because it, get, it got really into detail. It's, it's the entire southern border, including the taint. It's all of it and beyond the taint, okay? And I'm not going to go into any more detail than that. 
I don't know what you people are doing out there, but this is a, di- a big deal. And the news came to us from TikTok. Uh, the a doctor on TikTok. So, there you have it. Uh, all the lines are jammed right now, but I'm sure that there may be some medical professionals out there, like our own nursing nurse, who may have a thing or two to add to educate people about this thing, this HPV thing. Okay, let's go back to the telephones. We've talked about a lot of things this morning, and people want to weigh in. Dom in Minnesota. Been a long time, Dom. How are you, my friend? Dom is gone. Let us see Sandra in New Jersey. Hello, Sandra. How are you? Good morning, uh, James. I'm fine. I hope you are, too. You know, I've been thinking about spiders and the spider webs that they make. People that come to my mind is just, yeah, spiders, good old spiders. Judge Chutkin, Arthur Engeron, Fanny Willis, uh, Letitia James, Merrick Garland, Jack Smith, Alvin Bragg. I feel that these people have spun a web of deceit dishonesty and disgrace and try to trap Donald Trump in their web. Now, I learned something about spider webs. Most insects don't go free, but there is one in particular that does, and that's the um, praying mantis. And not only does he get free, but he eats the spiders too. So that's just an analogy, and I hope in, in real life, Colleen, uh, Collins, the, the uh, judge in Florida, I feel like he might have a chance to help Donald Trump in this web of deceit. So I wanted to share that. And then I just wanted to say one more thing. Derek this morning said he wasn't sure about Mike Johnson. I mean, no one really knows, but I'm happy that he's there. And I'll tell you something funny. Stephen Gobert, who I would never watch only because I didn't like what he stood for, but sometimes I would turn it on, put my hands over my eyes, and just watch him for a little while. I don't know why, but he, he for some reason I wanted to watch him. So now I feel with Mike Johnson, I can watch him all the time, enjoy what he has to say, because he kind of looks like him. He dread, I like the glasses. I like the style. And he does remind me of Stephen Colbert. So, And Whoa. I know that he's going to. And he's going to do well. I, I just feel it. Don't you? I like what I'm seeing so far from this new Speaker of the House. I like it very much. I like the fact that the House is moving in ways that they haven't moved in a while. I like the fact that liberals are beside themselves. Every day there's a new terror story. Yesterday there was a story, Emily's List put Speaker Johnson on notice. Emily's List? Who cares what Emily's List thinks? Put somebody on notice. I tell Emily's list where they can go pound sand. Who cares what they think? Puts him on notice. Like, oh, what are we supposed to all be scared because Emily's list doesn't like the new speaker? So what? Uh, and so I love what's going on. I love the dynamics that the new speaker has brought into the political equation. Of course, most of the critics are worried about the fundraising and will he ever raise enough money? Like, cause you know, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin was a big fundraiser and, and we don't know whether this new guy is going to be able to raise the kind of money that Kevin raised. Well, we'll see. 
WABC, thank you, Sandra. Appreciate the call. Dom is back in Minnesota. Dom, thank you for waiting. How are you, Dom? Yeah, pretty good, sir. Thanks for taking the call. Really enjoyed your your show this morning. I got up real early to listen to you. Um, so I've been teaching AI-related topics like machine learning, things like that, for some time now. So to me, for whatever I know about it, the human brain at its core is non-computable. Think of the hockey argument you and Derek just had where this girl was injured and you punched each other out, albeit friendly, and always realizing that you will still be friends at the end. So no AI I'm currently aware of can even come close to predicting, quote-unquote, bold direct connection you two have, a perfect 10. I don't know if you saw that movie. <laughs> I didn't, but this is interesting. You're saying, uh, I, I want to go back and just explain a, uh, and have you explain this phrase that you made, the human brain is not computable. Non-com- is that what you Non-computable. In the sense that most of AI we know today is based on retrieving information that's already out. There. Like, for example, you know, we, you and I put a lot of stuff on the Internet and so the, the 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 more powerful computers get, the the cheaper memory gets. It's easier for a machine to kind of retrieve millions of bits of information and give you the best combination. Like you know, playing chess. You know, like they have invented machines. IBM has whatever to play chess against humans, and it has beaten most of them and drawn a lot of games. So they consider that AI. So if you dig a little deeper, what most of what's happening today is basically AI doesn't have a soul. AI doesn't have a mind of its own, quote-unquote, because if you don't have data out there already available to put into combinations, uh, granted, a lot of humans don't understand what's what spit out of there, in, you know, things, the stock market and stuff, but unfortunately, it is still things based on available information that's computed at, you know, light, lightning speed, which our human brain cannot do. But we, no, so we still don't have emotion. We still don't have the kind of forethought that you guys, when you and Derek had their argument about that little girl getting injured in the hockey game, you disagreed vigorously, but always knowing at the end, you're going to be friends at the end of it. No AI right now can do that kind of super, in like future analysis, as far as I know. So it's non computable. Wow. The human that- brain is. <clears throat> That is a really interesting perspective, and that brings us to the idea of what happens if it goes sentient, if it is able to develop those. We don't have time to explore that right now, but I'd love to explore that with you on another uh, call, Dom. So I appreciate we got to head to a break. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, it is the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Princess Di is coming up in the next hour. This is Chaka, the one. The only Chaka Khan. This is the remix of her hit. By the way, this song written by Nick Ashford and Valerie Simpson, the Ashford and Simpson juggernaut. Chaka was and is an innovator as a vocalist. She changed the game for female vocalists. She was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yesterday. Congratulations, the one, the only, the legendary. Chaka Khan.
Saturday morning radio extravaganza is in your ears. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. 2007. The Eagles, the Eagles, go to number one. With the album Long Road Out of Eden. Princess Die coming up in the next hour, ladies and gentlemen, as well as your calls. We are going to head back to the telephones. People have been waiting. Christine from Connecticut. Christine, Christine, how are you, Christine? Hi, James. Good morning. You know, one of our big problems where we are today is because Obama and Biden view groups like Moms for Liberty with more contempt and a threat to our security than our foreign enemies. And I bring up Moms for Liberty, James, because um, two weeks ago in a Harford County chapter, we had a symposium with uh, James Lindsay as our featured speaker, and I was on the guest panel. And uh, the Avon Democrats got a hold of the site, and it spread like wildfire for the protest, this group. And they were the ones with the Stop the Hate, Love wins, inclusion signs, and uh, these people are downright nasty to us, James. Wow. You know what? <clears throat> and let me, you, you bring, you triggered something that Southern Law Poverty, uh, whatever it is, Law Center, the SPLC, they are, um, they have uh, called Moms for Liberty and others hate groups and all that. They are being sued. And I hope that this suit advances. Moms for Liberty is doing remarkable work. And one of the things that I pointed out back when Republicans were posturing so much over Kevin McCarthy and all this is that this is what has to happen. We we have these groups that have to spring up from the grassroots because our elected officials in Washington are not taking up the cause. And Moms for Liberty has certainly, again, this is a group that just sprang up because their need was there and being unaddressed. For someone to counter the left on some of the the filth that is allowed in public schools under the guise of sexual education is pure pornography in some cases. And uh, the academic rights, the freedoms of parents to choose the type of education that their uh, kids are are dealing with. So it's Moms for Liberty, to me, they're, they're, they are heroic, and they have just done nothing but great work. And, and they are not a hate group, James. In fact, the local chapter made me a spokesperson and a couple of days prior to the uh, symposium to help with something because I'm better with the media. Really? This is, this is a group. Yes, I'm also the executive director of media and communications for a brand new group called LGBTS United, and we support par- parents and parental rights groups. You know, what is the name the, of that group? No, no, no. Don't rush past that. Tell us the name of the group again. LGBTS United, Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transsexual United. We are a group to come together to fight trans, queer, gender ideology. Wow, Christine. You've turned into an act. You, you are an activist. You are now out there doing the in the trenches. Well, because it's up to us, we the people, to force change, James. And I... At the Connecticut State Board of Education meeting in Hartford on Wednesday, I, I read a page of gender queer to the state board, and they sat there with 
just like with a whole home look, and I addressed how they wrongly called Moms for Liberty a hate group when the protesters were the ones spewing the hate. <laughs> and and so and the response that you got from them was kind of a whole hum. They didn't really want yeah. to hear it. Exactly. Wow. Well, Christine, all I can tell you is you are amazing. And we are so happy that you call into the show, that you listen to this show. And uh, you just, you one surprise after another. I am glad that you are out there fighting for your beliefs in the way that people should and, and actually taking it to the legislators and the people that make the decisions and letting your voice be heard, Christine. Awesome. Thank you for the call, Christine. We always look forward to hearing. Keep us posted with what, what you're doing as the uh, spokesperson. Give us the, the, the name of the group one more time. LGBTSunited.org. But our website, we're looking for a December 1st go-live date. Call us so we can help you when you get your website up. Perfect. Thanks, James. I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you. You too, Christine. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurly with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Our number duo in the can. Our number trio coming up. In our number trio, the one, the only, Her Majesty, Princess Di, will join us. Your telephone calls are coming up. If you're on hold, stay on hold. We'll get to as many calls as possible. And there's a lot more news out here, too, and a lot more, well, yes, Um, stories. James Golden, Snurly with you here. Coming back. Don't go away. Of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, so glad that you are here with us. 800-848-WABC is our telephone number. 800-848-9222. Coming up shortly, the princess of policy, the one, the only. Her Majesty, Princess Di, will be with us. I want to start this hour with a story that is at the DailyBS.com. And let me just briefly and I hope I'm not too self-serving with this, explain what the Daily BS is. We put together a website that has a lot of news stories, stories you will not find. We collect news stories from other places. Some of those are on there like a story that originated at the Daily Signal, which I'm going to do shortly. We do some original reporting at the Daily BS, and we do, uh, 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 again, we take feeds from from other places too and put that all out there. We have a twice-a-day news blast that goes out. TheDailyBS.com is where you find these kind of stories, like the one I'm going to do now. This comes from overseas, but I think that this is, and I'm glad to read this story in a way. No, not in a way. I'm glad to read it. High school students chase abortion advocates off property, burn contraceptives they left behind. It didn't happen here in America. It happened over in Africa. It happened in the African Republic of Malawi. Abortion advocates came to their high school to give them a talk. But pro-life students in the African Republic of Malawi chased them off the school grounds and then burned their box of condoms and other countries. So, well, James, why would you be happy they're burning the condoms, that plastic smell must be awful. 
Um, <clears throat> that's not the point. Malawi has some of the quote-unquote tightest abortion restrictions in the world. And that's a reason that some of these abortion advocates target it. Now, the government-run Natola Community Day Secondary School regularly welcomes visitors from pro-life organizations. Groups like Human Life International have been educating the students about the dangers of abortion as well as the deceptions employed in the abortion industry propaganda, one of the executive director of the school said. So on September 29th, abortion advocates from the Family Planning Association of Malawi, they are affiliated with International Planned Parenthood, were refused an opportunity to speak and kicked out of the classroom by students. The students said, we don't want any part of this. Now dig this. This is why I think this is important. According to the press release from the school, none of the girls at Natola at this school in Malawi, none have become pregnant since the students have been receiving talks on chastity, contraception, and abortion. One teacher at the school said he attributes the fact that none of these girls at the school have gotten pregnant since the school actively started teaching about chastity, about what chastity is, about, in other words, hey, just don't engage in this behavior until you're ready. One of the teachers says that the good pro-life message that Human Life International has been sharing with the students is one of the reasons that you can teach responsible, dare I say, virtuous behavior. And children actually, as a part, I remember Rush used to talk about the, 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 what the left used to, well, the kids are going to do it anyway. They're going to do it anyway. Well, apparently the kids are not going to do it anyway. If, if they are taught to take responsibility for their sexual lives very seriously. And the other message here is that In this African nation, the idea of aborting their own children is not something that is promoted. The genocide in the human womb that is accepted, an accepted part of Western culture, is not accepted. Now, I challenge all of you liberals out here who think that, oh, well, that's terrible. What about about this so-called respect you have for diversity? What about the idea that we should respect. Diversity makes us whole. Diversity is such a... How about diversity when it comes to this? How about diversity of thought? That maybe, maybe, these African people from the African Republic of Malawi should be honored for thinking differently, should be respected for their diversity of thought and not 
be coerced into trying to adopt the behavior of the West. Maybe we should respect their diversity. The headmaster at the school said, the good thing here is that the students are able to make the right decisions and embrace the culture of life when they are reached. This is why we need more outreach into secondary schools to make sure that students are prepared in in case the International Planned Parenthood Federation representatives visit their schools. Now he says that funding has been a challenge, of course, but they have to make sure that this generation of children is protected. Again, you can find that story today at thedailybs.com. I think it's a wonderful story. Uh, There also is a story at thedailybs.com today Legal watchdog, teachers' union appears not to pay taxes on political spending. Say what? Yeah. For four years, leaders of the American Federation of Teachers toured the country doing the political work of the Democrat Party. Among the dozens of political events they attended from 2016 to 2020, where Hillary Clinton rallies, get out the vote events, Labor Day rallies. A nonprofit public interest law firm, though, says that the AFT spent more than $3 million in political expenditures, didn't declare it on the proper disclosure reports. It's Landmark Legal Foundation that did this. And then they filed with the IRS asking for an investigation. The American Federation of Teachers did not respond from an email from the Center Square. That's the source of the story that you can find at the Daily BS. um, Asking for comments. They're supposed to pay taxes on this money. AFT didn't pay their taxes. Huh. Isn't that, isn't that just interesting? This guy that is challenging Joe Biden. This story comes from Vanity Fair today. Dean Phillips' campaign is off to a rough start. The three-term Democrat congressman from Minnesota held his first town hall. And it turned into a contentious argument over Israel and the bombing of the Gaza Strip. A 23-year-old Kenyan immigrant asked Phillips why he hasn't urged a ceasefire in the conflict that has so far led to the deaths of thousands of Palestinian children. Dean Phillips shot back. How do you feel about the Israeli babies and the moms and dads and grandmas and hostages in Gaza who were brutally murdered? Before I answer your question, I want to understand if that empathy is across humanity or only for Palestinians. The questioner, Atang Chan, said that she was completely empathetic to the dead Israeli civilians, but Mr. Phillips ultimately ignored her question about supporting a ceasefire. He said he's horrified and disgusted when he sees Palestinians slaughtered, Though, according to 
Washington Post. Oh, yeah, the Amazon Prime Washington Post. They had another story out today. I'm trying to quickly think of what it was. Uh, Then there's Dana Milbank from the Amazon Prime Washington Post. The people's house is back in business and crazier than ever. Oh, my sweet summer child. This week, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene forced to vote on censuring Rashida Tlaib. And then he goes into the argument that that, uh, MGT had with uh, Chip Roy. MTG had with Chip Roy. He said that the resolution was deeply flawed. And then Marjorie Taylor got into a, uh, this was like one of these matches. She ends up calling him Colonel Sanders and blah, blah, blah. Dana Milbank, in the nine days since Republicans pulled Mike Johnson from the backbenches, a new speaker has presided over a second failed attempt to expel George Santos to censure Tlaib and Representative Jamal Bowman, et cetera, et cetera. And all of this, yeah, these things happen, but this isn't what is defining the House. House is not crazy enough. This is the kind of stuff that happens. It's not crazy stuff happens. I'm glad, by the way, that these censure resolutions fail. I don't want to see any of these people shut up. I want them to keep talking. I want Rashida Tlaib to keep talking. I want a Bauman from New York. I want keep talking. Stay out there and keep running your mouth. Keep talking. Talk all the way up to no election day, November 2024. You know, I meant to ask James Flippin about this when he was on with us, and now it's too late because I won't get a chance to talk. There's a, um, those of you that live on Montauk Point out in East Hampton, a Richie New York time in the Hamptons was rocked by anti-Semitic graffiti. That story comes from Fox News this morning. With the current climate and the state of affairs in the world, it's troubling that an individual or individuals would act out in such a manner, says East Hampton Police Captain Chris Anderson. Residents of Montauk, which has an East Hampton police precinct, found anti-Semitic graffiti in multiple areas across the town, including on doors, picnic benches, to downtown restaurants and on food trucks. They found all this before sunrise out there in beautiful Montauk, located in East Hampton on the south shore of Long Island. Hmm. The graffiti included swastikas, free Palestine, and the phrase Jedin die which was likely some ignoramus trying to use the word Juden, but didn't know how to spell it. (sighs) Oh, man. Anyway, one hopes that they catch these vandals. Out on Montauk. In East Hamptons, the Hamptons, We're going to take a break. When we come back, the one, the only, Princess Di will join us. Both Snurley's Rush Hour here on every weekday 
at 4 o'clock on WABC. And, of course, you're with us on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. 1991, Isley Brothers make it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on this day. These are the Isley Brothers on WABC Talk Radio 77. We'll come back with Princess Di. After Ronnie gets saying hello, 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 Mike. Hello. Yes, yeah, so I said, I said hello. Okay, let's do it then. It's me. It's me, babe. I thought about us for a long, long time. Maybe I think too much, but something's wrong. Something here that doesn't last too long. Maybe I shouldn't think of you as mine. But I can't help it, baby. But see. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. <laughs> I've been so looking forward to this moment, ladies and gentlemen. No, this is not news from the southern border. This is news from the United States of America. We have our highness here. They have theirs over there. We have ours over here. She knows everything. Or at least I think she knows everything. And what she does, no, no, doesn't need to be known. <laughs> One the only, that's right. It's Her Majesty, her brilliantness. <laughs> Hello there, Princess Di. Good morning. How are you, my lady? How's it going there? Everything good? Yes, Sir James. It's always wonderful to speak with you. How are you? Good. I hope you enjoyed our educational segment a bit earlier. That's all I'll say about that. Um, <clears throat> yes. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then fine. You don't want to make a comment on my educational. I, I think I'm a. I think I'm a great educational kind of guy. There. Anyway, let's talk about the freaking Democrats, shall we? Um, yes, because I keep reading all these. I, Diane, I read the story in the Amazon Prime, the editorial board from the Amazon Prime, uh, 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 Washington Post. Or was it the New York? I think it was Amazon Prime, Washington Post. It could be the New York Times. Doesn't matter. Same thing. And they're like, right. oh, oh, these Republicans, this guy, this guy needs to be educated. This guy needs to, he needs to come on board quickly. This, this, this Johnson, he needs to stop being so silly and all the rest of it. I'm like, well, what's silly about him? Wow, these proposed cuts to the EPA, all this stuff that they're doing in the House. This guy needs to come back into reality. You know what it occurred to me, Diana, before we talk about the, the, the I'm sorry, I just went off on a total tangent. Before we talk about Democrats, you know what it occurs to me, Diana, that these people in Washington believe that they don't believe in co-equal branches of government. They think of a hierarchy. They think that the president's supposed to be on top. He's the number one doggy, and then the number two doggy is the Senate, and the House, these lowly House people, everybody's just supposed to bend down. The House is supposed to just always give deference to whatever the Senate wants. That's not the way no, any of this was designed. The Senate is no more, un, the Senate is, has no more authority 
No more right to have what they want passed than the House does. This isn't a hierarchical government structure. It's based on three co-equal branches. I'm sorry. Well, you're absolutely right. And the good thing is the new speaker is a constitutional scholar and the constitutional lawyer. And he is about to teach the country why the speaker position is number three in the constitutional order. Because you're absolutely right. I think actually now that you say that, a lot of these uh, people in power now came to power and their norm was when the Democrats ruled the House for 40 years. And they're still of that mindset that they are basically part of the Democrat machine and whatever the Democrats leadership want, the House just provides. And so they're about to find out what happens when the houses and when the branches are in opposition. And it's it's a very powerful branch at equal, as you say, co-equal, and it's about to assert itself, which is going to be fascinating, and it's going to be a constitutional lesson for the whole country. Now, what about the Democrat Party? How are they faring these days, my lady? What's going on with our friends, the Democrats? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question. There's a new book coming out this week, and it's called Where Have All the Democrats Gone? And it's by John B. Judith and Roy Teixeira, I believe you pronounce it. And the reason this is interesting, because 20 years ago, they had written, co-written a book called The Emerging Democratic Majority. Well, it turns out the Democratic majority hasn't really emerged. And so they're asking the question now, what happened to our theory that all of these college-educated liberals were going to flow into positions of power and the Democrat Party would be ruling forever? Now, part of that did happen. But it hasn't turned out the way they expected because they have, in in fact, it reminds me of that, that famous story Rush always used to talk about from the New York Times by Thomas B. Edsel called The Future of the Obama Coalition, where the Democrat Party deliberately ditched the white working class on purpose. They made a new coalition for the 2012 election for Obama, which was all of these little leftist groups together, the professional class and the uh, African-American community. And the way it was described in that New York Times article was called upscale white and downscale minority. This was the coalition that the Obama regime put into play. And this is the coalition they expected to have the Democrat power forever. Well, it turns out they've lost a lot of regular people in the working class, including African-American and Hispanic working class. So this, quote unquote, downscale minority part of their plan isn't working as planned. And so this this these co-authors have come out with a kind of plea as to why this is not happening the way they expected and what should be done. And here are some of the things they want the Democrat Party to do. They want the Democrat Party to start talking about Main Street economics and the economy of real people instead of Wall Street. They want them to dump the woke rhetoric. They want them to add more patriotism, or they call it nationalism. Ah, what is and they ah. want it? To- 
they want them to speak plainly and and to tone down the bit about illegal immigration. So, in other words, what, they, they want, want them to be Trump. Republicans. They want Trump. That's exactly right. Every single one of what they're thinking the Democrats need to do to win back the working class of all stripes is to basically be Donald Trump. And so that is why I wanted to mention it, because I think it's hilarious. And the answer, where have all the Democrats gone? The Democrats have gone, the sensible ones, to the Dem- to the Republican Party. Wow. That is amazing. What's the name of this book? The book is called Where Have All the Democrats Gone? Yes. Okay. And they're all and you said- talking about the emerging Democratic majority, which never emerged. So this is 20 years later. They're taking a look, and I think it, it deserves ridicule and hilarity. So I think you're the one to do it. <laughs> okay. I, I, you know what? I should interview these. I, we should, Lisa, we should try to get these people. Yes. Oh, Lisa was already ahead of me. She's already texting. Should we get these authors on? Yes. We should get one of these authors on. In fact, we should get one of these authors on and then invite you, Princess Star, to be on with me, and we can question these blokes and find out what's going on. We can tell them, hey, we know, hey, we got the answer to your question you're asking, where they've all gone. We'll tell you if you if you promise you listen. <laughs> we should have some fun with this. Yeah, I like this. Okay. Listen, just let me add one thing, is that that piece you had sent me, uh, it's the Dana Milbank piece. The Dana Milbank. Opinion uh, opinion piece, What a Lonely Time to Be a Jew in America. And I think the title should be What a Lonely Time to Be a Jew in the Democrat Party. And that is another reason that there is right now a, a crack up in the Democrat Party, because they are cracking up on the powerful forces within the leadership and within the constituents that are pro, pro-Palestinian pro and in this time of, of, of the world, pro-Hamas. And that is really causing dissension within the ranks of a lot of the people who have been leaders in the Democrat Party uh, who are Jewish. So that's another big, big story to follow. Wow. Okay, so let me ask you about this one. We talked about the Democrats. Now let's talk about these Republicans. What is it called? These GOP Republicans, they're worse than Hamas. I have seen so many things. This whole thing that I mentioned to you last week about uh, the new Speaker of the House, he's a Christian nationalist. I saw that echoed. This is like, remember when Russ used to play all those sound bites of all these news guys with the same exact words, everything? Across the spectrum, it's the same thing they're doing now. Christian nationalists, Christian nationalists, white Christian nationalists. It's like, yeah, okay. So where's the GOP standing in all this? Worse than Hamas, the GOP new terrorist in the house. Yes, and you quoted Dana Milbank, the people's house is back in business and crazier than ever. And the thing that he's worried about is mostly policy stuff. And the internecine feuding and the chaos, which, as I have said many times, that the house is designed for internecine feuding and chaos. That's the purpose of the House of Representatives. But what what the uh, Washington Post columnist really wanted to say is what the Salon columnist said. I don't know if you saw this by Brian Karen this week. And the original title was MAGA. Christian nationalism, bigger threat to America than Hamas. Good Lord, Agnes. 
Now, there was pushback to that title, and they changed the title to Far-Right MAGA Theocrats, Most Dangerous Threat to America, which isn't much different. It's the same thing. They didn't change a word in the article. But this is basically what they say. They say the House of Representatives, run by Johnson, offers a discount version of the apocalyptic orgasm the Holy Rollers have dreamed of for years. They've renewed the Inquisition. This whole article is how we have a coming Inquisition because the Speaker of the House is a, a, a Christian believer. And they find this so dangerous. It's the most dangerous thing, more dangerous than Hamas, which is what the columnists actually thought. And that is what the left view really is. I was surprised, if you recall, that when the, the Mike Johnson first came on scene, he was criticized by the left for election denial. I said, this is going to land on his Christian beliefs. And sure, took him a couple of weeks, but that's where they are now. But meanwhile, he's steady as she goes, and he's working the house hard, and they are passing bills, and they're not doing just the little resolutions that people are making fun of. They are actually doing work. So as you always say, it remains to be seen because we have had the rug pulled out from under us many, many times when we've had hope that someone was actually going to be constitutional, but so far so good with Speaker Johnson. Yeah, I was talking with Derek this morning. He's talking about, oh, oh, yeah, well, they had already passed six resol- six of the appropriations bills, and they had done blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, right. No, you said that they – how many appropriations they had, bills? Did- they had only passed four at that point. So, you know, they are working very hard. They passed another one, and then I believe they were slated to pass two last week, and they only got through one because there were problems with the other. But, you know, he is he is on track to get things through that Speaker McCarthy had 11 months to do and didn't. I really like this new uh, speaker. Let me briefly talk to you about this case, this field hockey player who had her teeth knocked out by – a male player in Massachusetts. Absolutely horrible. Now, you were the person, Your Majesty, I say, uh, I say with, uh, with, uh, on, on bended knee before Her Highness. Not bowing, but on bended knee before Her Highness. No. I say, you are the person that educated me on Title IX. I was like, I, I didn't know what Title IX is. I don't, still don't know what Title I is. I don't know what Title 56 is either. But on Title IX, I do, when people say Title IX, I'm like, oh, I know that. The princess told me about Title IX, and she convinced me it was a good thing. And that was because, at the time, your daughter was playing basketball, and quite the basketball player she was. And you had mentioned to me, like, Title IX actually is maybe one of the, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but one of the good things that government has done. Because what it did was make sure that girls' sports, would have, which had been ignored in schools, was going to be funded, and that gave the opportunity for American girls to actually learn the values that are associated with competitive sports. And what is the impact, do you think, now of having all these? Is is Title IX somehow, is, is all this, is it threatened because of all these men that are playing sports? What, what What's your view of, of, of these, in this case, we don't even know whether he's transgender. He's just a guy who wanted to play with girls. I don't think that this makes no sense to me. What do you think? 
Well, uh, you know, conservatism, conservatives have always been skeptical of government intervention. And in the 90s, when my daughters were playing basketball, I was really happy to see the results of what was called equal right to equal access to educational opportunities. And that translated in school sports to equal funding, which, you know, if you've ever been a fan of girls sports in schools, you know that up until then, there was, you know, the refs were bad, the coaches were bad, everything got short shrift, the uniforms were bad. Nobody cared because they didn't draw the same kind of public support as boys sports. And so what happened was once there, the funding started changing and becoming more equal, they had, the girls had equal gym time, better reps, better coaches, and all of that meant for better play. And so I witnessed that and I was happy because my daughters were in basketball and I saw the benefits in that their playing time was better and they had, you know, more professional refereeing, which is all important in school sports. However, now the skepticism of government intervention is so needed because what happened is that little phrase, right to equal access to educational opportunities, has now then changed to include access to single-sex spaces and activities consistent with a student's gender identity. That was not part of Title IX in the 90s. This is new. So that the activist community have come in there and, and, and sort of expanded the language. So what was designed for fairness and was, you know, fair for quite a many years has now become a horrific government abuse. And girls in general are in physical danger because of boys who are stronger and faster. And, you know, uh, when they play each other, it's equal and it's not when you have females. Wow. Yep. Leave it alone and the liberals will take it over. Princess Di, as always, what a pleasure. What a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, Princess Di. We'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, Sir James. WABC Talk Radio 77, your calls are coming up on Boats Nerdly, Saturday morning radio extravaganza. So stay right here, and thank you for waiting. If you've been on hold, we're coming to your calls next. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. James, welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Yes, yes, yes. Congratulations, Chucky Khan. Inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. WABC Talk Radio 77. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We are here also for Bo Snerdley's Rush Hour. Every Monday through Friday at 4 o'clock. Ain't nobody and ain't nobody like Rocco. From Saratoga, who has been waiting patiently. Thank you for your patience, Rocco. How are you? 
any time for you, James. And once again, Di, Lady Di nails it every time. Thank her for letting us know what's really going on in Washington, really going on, not the hogwash we get from everywhere else. Right? Absolutely. Right on for that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Now, thank, also, thank you for that uh, story on Kungalengus there. It was very informative and um, interesting <clears throat> to say the very least. To say the very least. But now I guess the Obama... Okay, well, let me just say this. The story, I, I didn't quite frame it like that, but yes, you did it. Uh, let, let me just say again, it was an education for people who will be visiting or who like to visit the southern border to be kind of careful there, get things checked out, have Border Patrol... Uh, on 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 duty before you uh, before you pay those visits or after the visits whatever it is make sure that everything's safe and 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 and, and tickety boo uh, and watch out for the barbed wire uh, uh, visiting uh, the southern border. Okay, Rocco, continue. So I guess I guess that the Dems are going to want to put a warning label on women's vaginas now. This eating this may be hazardous to your health, right? Hey, just like like shellfish, you know, or oysters, be careful what you eat. Be careful what you eat when you're eating fish. You, it could be dangerous. It could. Some people are allergic, and if you eat bad oysters, you know what happens. Oh, you, you get you get sick. You get sick, Bo. You do. I'll, I'll take your yeah. word for it. I don't. I, I don't. I don't partake. But uh, I'll, I'll take your word for it, there, Rocco. Taste, taste mm-hmm. their own, but it put a it put a smile on my face to say the very least, the very least. <laughs> <laughs> now, but but hey, Bo, hey, Bo, yes. Derek should stick to politics. Bo knows music, Derek. You know politics. Stevie Wonder's albums in the mid seventies, every song on the album, every was- album. Everyone, everyone, absolutely. You, there's not a clunker among them. You play through those albums, everyone is a, a well-written, well-sung, rhythmic song, okay? Not only yeah. that, let me just go back to what I was saying about Tom Bell, because if you go through Tom Bell's works, now you have to like the genre. If you like R&B and you like the R&B of the uh, late 60s, 70s, and 80s, if you go back to, you could put on a Spinner's album. You could put it on from, you put on, back then it was vinyl. You put on one side, you let the whole thing play through. Turn it over, put the other side on, let the whole thing through. Not one bad song. You could do that with the Delphonics albums. You put it on the whole album, not one bad song. You could do that with the Stylistics. Put on their albums. You put it one, not one bad song. All that stuff, all that great music, came from Tom Bell, Linda Creed, Mighty 3 and and the rep you could so if you add the if you look at the catalogs the total catalogs of those artists <clears throat> they would rival the catalogs of the kind of music that the Beatles were producing and they were they were great great composers, great productions, great songwriters. If you go back and you go then in rock and roll, you do Chicago the same way. You could put on records from, I, I especially love Chicago, but you could put on Tower of Power, and you made, every song was slamming. And there are so many other groups, so that's why I was arguing with with, Derek, with the Beatles were. The Beatles, no one will ever take away the Beatles' place in, in the history of music. They are the unique 
welcome they are the they define the era but there are so many others that were able to produce that kind of high quality work over a series of albums it's and thank you for pointing that out Rocco Norman Whitfield and his production yes. with the tab how about the masterpiece oh, masterpiece the master- yep masterpiece was a masterpiece absolutely and Norman Whitfield's uh, records, oh, my gosh, you're, yes. Rocco, you know your music, buddy. Yeah. How, so, uh, hey, Bo, Bo, let's go. You know, I'm from the South Bronx. I'm rhythm in action. I'm a white boy that can move. Boom. Yeah. I love it. We got to take a break. We got to take a break. We're going to come. Thank you, Rocco, for waiting, taking a break, coming back. More of your calls coming up. We're going to get to... We're going to try to get to every single call on hold if we can. You guys got to, you know, do your thing, make it kind of quick. And we're going to have every phone call that we can. Chicago, 25, 6 to 4. This is from their second album, Chicago 2. Terry Kath playing the lead guitar on this one. Coming back in a moment. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. You know you know who else knows music? Half-Brit Nick. He played the Isleys, who were inducted into the Hall of Fame on this date back then. He said, you know, we couldn't leave here without playing the original of the cover of Hello, it's me. So this is Todd Rudgren on WABC. Let's head to the telephones. Time is winding down. Ralph, you're up. Ralph, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Mr. Golden. I think it would be a good thing for some of these young people that are protesting for Hamas to go back and look at history. You know, these Hamas are firing into the civilian population in Israel. The Nazis did it in World War II with the V-2 rocket into London, and it all developed into a world war. There was no Iron Dome in England at the time. The brave British pilots had to fly their Spitfires towards the V-2 unmanned rocket, and with their wingtips, knock these rockets off course. And the way things are going, Mr. Golden, I hate to say it, without the intervention of the United States, we are leading ourselves into a world war unless the Israelis can wipe this evil off the face of the earth. There are so many people that are concerned about World War III. Let me just say you were describing the Battle of Britain. That is what is called the Battle of Britain. When and and by the way, the success. This is where the famous quote: "Never 
has so much, have so many owed so much to so few. Winston Churchill, when he's talking about the the incredible efforts of the Royal Air Force, the RAF, um, and their and, and the RAF took horrible casualties, and the British people showed their perseverance because they did not buckle as their country and London in particular was being bombed, and just the whole study of World War II is something that should be required for every American citizen in sc- every American should have to study in depth what took place between this horrific war between good and evil with the Axis powers and the Allied powers in World War II. You are absolutely right, Ralph. Bob, thank you for waiting. We are seeing that we are seeing a lot of what took place in the 30s and 40s. Again, you are absolutely right. Bob in Connecticut, you're up next. Mr. Snardley, you, you brought up the field hockey thing. As a father and grandfather, if a boy like that knocked out the teeth of my daughter or granddaughter, he would he should probably have a terrific car accident or fall down stairs. Oh no 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 no! Oh. We're not going to advocate that. No, 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 no. But I hear what you're saying. This, the parents have to be outraged that this was allowed to happen, and this needs to be dealt with legally. Andrew, in New Jersey, you are up next on WABC. Hi, Mo. Uh, Yeah, you you mentioned uh, Keith Emerson's birthday on Thursday. Yes. Um, did, Did you know he committed suicide it must have been I did. at least five years ago yes i did just the, the, these incredible prog rock keyboardists don't get the uh the attention they deserve and that should have been front page news but it never was well anyway i also wanted to tell you about bo snurdly there's this show on vice a channel called vice i don't know if you're aware of it or and they kept they just kept making Bo Snurdly, I mean, excuse me, um, Rush Limbaugh look really bad on this stupid left-wing show called The, the, the Dark Side of the 90s, and uh, it's, it's pathetic. Wow. Well, you know yeah. something? I saw, I saw some movie, and it was, I was enjoying the movie. It was about some woman <clears throat> in the Baskin or Massachusetts area who is a real curmudgeon and the story for, and they get to the end of near the last segments of the movie. And then she turns into these flaming anti rush Limbaugh people. And to me, it just kind of ruined the movie, but that's the way it goes. Let me just get quickly. Thank you for the, for the call, Chris Catskills. Give it to us quickly. I wanted to share a concert Mm -hmm. experience that I had last weekend. I was trying to call in last week, but your lines were jammed up. I saw a band that played Nirvana covers. They've been doing it for 18 to 20 years, minus the last three on Halloween. They played every Nirvana song ever recorded, plus like two-thirds of the Nirvana songs that were written by Kurt Cobain and his wife had possession what was of the name? What, what was the name of the band? The name of the band is Los Doggies, and I saw them at a dive bar in New Paltz, New York. It's a college town that 
that used to have an amazing music scene that's not what it used to be. And well, they- listen, that's the time we have because time is running out. we got to get to the news. May God bless and protect. Thank you for the call, each and every single one of you. Your families, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be here with you. God willing, we'll be back Monday for Boston Nervous Rush Hour at 4 p.m. Thanks, everybody. Bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.